We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we dive into the world of AAU basketball. To do that, we got the man himself, Aitsop Udo Emma. For those of you who know who Aitsop is, you know why he's labeled as the linchpin of AAU basketball. For those that aren't familiar, get ready for some next level insight from Tope, who built and runs the AAU powerhouse Compton Magic. As Gil is getting back into the AAU universe as a coach and a parent, he's realizing just how different things are now compared to the era he came up in. We break down how the system works, how players should utilize the exposure, and why brand building matters more than ever. For the next wave, the AAU machine can catapult their careers, and no one knows how to make it happen better than the mastermind Aitsa Pudo Emma. It's a No Chill Podcast. Remember, you can get us every week wherever you subscribe to your podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to the No Chill channel on YouTube, and be sure to check our show, No Chill with Gilbert Arenas, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fubo TV. Welcome to another edition of the No Chill Show. I'm Mike Botticello. I'm joined, as always, by we're gonna we're gonna go back in time here a little bit, but Valley Assassin, that dude over there, Agent Zero, the Hibachi, Gilbert Arenas. How you doing? Gil, we're joined by Atope Udo Emma. There it is. Very special guest today on the show, the mastermind of AAU basketball, and we came to his house to do it. Yes, yes. But let's start from square one, right? Because a lot of people don't know how the system works. And there's a lot of probably assumptions and myths that we're going to break up. So let's get into that right now. The AAU system, where it is now to where it's evolved, because with you with the Compton Magic, the team you established in 1993, it's come a long way in the last 27 years. Yeah, it's been through all kinds of transitions. So like when Gil played, um, there wasn't much, there wasn't many teams back then, right? So it was only his team was like Pump and Run, TPI, SoCal All-Stars, um, to the evolution of shoe company leagues. So now you have R3 SSB, you have the EYBL, and you have the Under Armour Association. So with the three shoe leagues now, there's there's a lot more volume of teams. So we have 28 teams, Nike has 36 teams, and Under Armour has 36 teams. So back when Gil played, um, you know, there was only a handful of teams in the country. You had to be special to get on one of these AAU teams. Had a bunch of mom and pop teams, but you had to be special to be on one of those teams that Gil played on back in the day, one of the top, top guys in these areas. There probably nationally was only, you know, 15 reputable AAU programs in the country in his, in his era. Um, back when we started, we were a local team, just like all the local teams. We weren't like we were now. Um, and now there's a lot more teams in these places because of the shoe companies that came in and put more money into grassroots. 
So we want to examine why you put that team together. But for you, Gil, to back to what, what Tope was saying was, how did you make your first AAU team? Because that process is way different. Yeah, now. yeah. What's, what's funny is it was, it was, I was Park League. So back then, Park League was the shit. You know, so I was a Park League player, right? Park League, I was the man. So there was really no way to get to AAU unless someone seen you. So it was like more adult league. So it was like, Park League, play adult, play with the grown men, go to Venice Beach, play with them on Saturday and Sunday, go to Valley College, Monday, Wednesday, you know, Friday. And then it was like, then you had the, um, was it Rich Gold? Goldberg? Rich Goldberg. Rich Goldberg. Uh, ARC. North, ARC North Hollywood. So boom, I get, the, I get the ARC. Killing that one. And then from there, I got recruited to the pumps. Eric Brown. Yep, Eric Brown. That's my guy, yeah, E.B. Yeah. <laughs> E.B. 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 got me to the e. pumps. E.B. got me to Grant, too, once... Once I, yeah. once I established, so I got with the pumps. Well, back then, I wasn't on the elite. I don't think I ever made the elite team. <laughs> you did at the end. No. Yeah, you were, at, when you were averaging 35 points in the battle. I was you still did on the, the B team. I was no, still on the B no, team because you, you, you had the L.A. kids that was taking all the— They were more reputable, but you still yeah. were playing with them. Yeah, I was still <laughs> playing. Yeah, we, I still—but yeah. I never, like, I never got to the— yeah. You know, so it was—back then, you had to— it was like there was a process, you know, especially for a valley. You know, in the valley, you only had, you know, pumps and the calves, you know. And, you know, with the calves program, if, you know, that was, that was like, that was, that was local, but they was a, sh like, quiet-knit team, you know. You, you, like, it was, like, they were picking, you know. So it was more, it was, it was harder. It was, it was Lying. really hard to actually get into a. Well, I was going to say there was also probably a purpose to it. And that's what yeah. you discovered. But for the that pump team, I think at that time the purpose was basically as an all-star team. Because if you're talking about going from the park to let's get you on the the next level of mm -hmm. competition. You had players who started on their their high school team coming, you know, coming off the bench, shit, twelfth man on the on the on the AAU team back then. But then like also that. it's a place to evaluate talent, which is a really key ingredient of AAU basketball. But for the Compton Magic specifically for you, Tope. Tell us what, your why. Why did you put that together? And why okay, did you so feel why, the need for like, it? Obviously, our why at the beginning is a little different than our why at the end. So our why at the beginning was we were, we were coaches in a very um, socially and economically deprived area, and we had a lot of issues with our kids. So, but we were starting to develop a good team. So what happened was we in '93 we had all these kids. Just a, we took the job at Compton High, and it was just a bunch of kids who really didn't know basketball, no talent. I'm not gonna say no talent, but not as much talent and more social work. We were just doing social work. Um, we started to recruit some players. We got Jeff Trapania Young um, as an eighth grader. He was our first pro that we had in the program and we started to build the program. But really what happened was we, we, we saw that we had some pretty good talent and we wanted to keep the kids together year round because our kids were getting killed. Our kids were getting, in there was all kind of gang stuff going on in Compton at the time and it was crazy. So. We saw Dominguez at the time who had this model, right? Dominguez had this model. They, they, they went and they had a great high school team, and then they played a team called The Hood in the spring and summer. You remember mm -hmm, The Hood? Mm -hmm. Tyson, yeah. Jason Thomas, <laughs> yeah, Jamie yeah. Thomas, Kenny, um, you know, um, Tayshawn Prince, Prince, all those guys. So at the same time that they were good, we were starting to merge as being good too. We weren't quite as um, brand name as them. We were local, more local, but we started to have our share of players. So we just decided, you know, we said, you know, we're gonna try. We didn't have any sponsorship or no money. Me and my 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 own partner, he had a job, I had a job. We just paid for all the stuff out of our pocket, mm -hmm. and we just wanted to basically keep our kids together, 
so that we could keep them out of harm's way. And that's how we started initially. So initially, the, some, some people think like they see like the new people that are out there now and they see us winning all these championships and all these NBA players. And it's like, that's not why we started this. Like me and my, me and my guy, we had jobs. We, we did it because we loved it. And we were coaching our high school team and we were just trying to do the best for our high school kids at the time. And from 93 to I would say 2000 and, and 2005, we were predominantly a Compton high school team. We were, we were all Compton kids. We had some mixture kids in there, but um, we pretty much kept all of our Compton kids together and that was our purpose. Our purpose changed after we started getting the sponsorship deals and, and all that happened. Is it changed there, a little there, bit. Is there a conflict? Is that why? Because I remember with, you know, um, Cavs and Daryl, he also coached the high school team and that was his players. So in Dominguez, you know, with SCA, mm-hmm. most of those guys. They shared them. So you remember, so Dominguez would have, they played with SCA sometimes, oh. then they played with Russell sometimes on yes, the hood. Yes, they yes. switched. It's like yeah. you did. You went yeah. pumps, you did TPI, you jumped around, did your thing. Same thing with them. So Dominguez, whenever the hood was playing, they played with the hood. Uh-huh. But if the hood wasn't playing, Pat took them. Okay. So yeah. you can't coach a high school team now in AAU, right? Yes, you can. You still can? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you can... Spoon's a high school coach. Oh, okay. So, oh, I don't know you. I thought yeah. that was like you couldn't recruit. Now, um, <laughs> you're laughing, here. but there, yeah, explain yeah, how so that, that was trying yeah, to figure out. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of a gray area. You're not supposed to be able to recruit a kid off your AAU team to your high school, but now there's that 30 day sit out rule, which kind of exonerates that whole thing, okay. so guys can transfer and sit out. Okay, okay, okay. It, it, but you know, if you're going to like one of the bigger schools, Sierra, Modern Day, like those guys. You know, they control CIF. But isn't they get that, eligible. I mean, like, I mean, isn't that the better way to do it though? Like if you're if you're if you have a, a an amazing talent on your team, wouldn't you want to coach him in the summer also to make sure someone's not messing up what's depends. So like the good thing about our program is a lot of the kids we have in our program, I have a lot of high school coaches. And whether they're on my bench or not, they're usually a part of what we're doing so they can see how we're trying to build this athlete. Um, like all these kids we have, they all have specific paths, right? Everyone's journey is different. Um, everyone's journey can be a little different depending on, you might have an elite journey. You know, you may have like a Onyeka journey who's gonna be a top 10 pick in the draft this year whose journey was different than Evan Mobley's journey is gonna be. Evan Mobley's got that clear cut path. Yeah. Everyone knows he's gonna be top five, you know? So um, to me, there's different ways of, of guiding those journeys. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference in us, I feel, and a lot of the other teams is that we really learn to grow with our kids and figure out individually what can maximize their brand. Because now every kid's a brand. And with social media and the way to promote kids, and if you're an old school AAU guy and you don't know how to do that, you don't know how to work your social media, you don't do Twitter, you don't do Instagram, it's gonna be a problem in today's day and age. It's different day and age, different day, day and age, different day kid, different kind of kid as well. So kids are different now. All right, the next thing I wanna get into is we kind of talked about the history and how you establish things, but Really, walk us through how the system works today for the modern athlete, modern basketball player through AAU. So, like, you're going to play your high school season, right? And um, say, say it was for my son. Let's talk about if it was my kid. If it was my kid, to be the perfect environment. You're going to play your high school season. So you want to be in a high school that's at least competitive, I think a little bit competitive, so that you can get that six months of every day in practice. You're not wasting all that time, right? Mm-hmm. You're not wasting time every day, all day in practice. So then you're going to transfer into AAU. Now, it's tough because say you're a parent and like if you're us, you can't just come play for us. Like we handpick the kids, mm-hmm. we handpick the families, 
Like you can't, oh, we have 100 calls a day trying to get in the team, but you, I mean, like unless all my, my whole team is looking at these kids all year long and we're watching the families, we're watching the kids, we're seeing who we want in our locker room, we're GMing this team. Yeah. So we're not just bringing on, like I might have a kid, I'm not gonna name any names, we talked about him earlier, they wanted to come play for us, they are top 10 in the country. His dad called me, he was like, yo, Toe, come on, let's, let's get this together. He wanted to come play with the Mobleys. And I was like, can't do it. Even Adidas called me, like, you sure you ain't gonna take him? <laughs> yeah. I said, nah, we're good, man. I said, I think we, I said, the guys that have been in my program, Johnny Juzang and the Mobleys and all the kids we have, they've earned the right to get shots. I'm not gonna bring him in to take away from their shots. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think without him, We'll be pretty good, and we were the undisputed national champs that year. And I didn't ask student taking another top ten player in the country. His dad called me trying to get on. So you know, um, going back, I, I diverted a little bit, but so when you're trying to pick an AAU team, um, depending on what talent level you are, it depends on what kind of kid we're talking about. Are we talking about a high major kid, a mid major kid, a low major kid? Because obviously there's different opportunities for all three of those kids, right? Because I'm going to take some low major kids too that are gonna have opportunities, but it's gonna be super, it's gonna be tough for you to get on my team as that type of kid, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you're not even one of those kids, now AAU becomes a crapshoot. I mean, you're just gonna go have to play for a team that's not on one of the major circuits, because right now we have three major circuits. And it's beneficial for you to play in those three major circuits because number one, the, the, the population of all the talent is on one of those circuits nationally, right? Because the shoe companies are obviously picking these AAU guys to find the best talent in all these different cities. Everyone is. And they're pressuring these guys to get the best players. Mm -hmm. So you don't find many really good players that are outside of those three circuits. There's a couple, but not many. So then if you're not on one of those three circuits, Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, and you're an independent, there's a fourth circuit, like an independent circuit, it's a lot harder than being on those three circuits because you can imagine if we have 28 teams, Nike and Under Armour have 36 teams. Uh, we're gonna play our events in certain places and all the college coaches are coming to watch one of those three mm -hmm. shoe companies. If you have three coaches on the road, which you can have three coaches on the road, they're gonna send one to the Adidas tournament, they're gonna send one to the Nike tournament, they're gonna send one to the, the, to the um, Under Armour tournament. Doesn't leave much for the other guys. Yeah, yeah. So like what happens now is with the leagues, it's like you have to get on one of those sponsor teams. If not, you're not gonna get that max exposure. That's kind of the way they got it played right now. They explain that's, that's the important part for kids and parents. Like they're trying to get all the eyes on them, but the eyes are in those three places. Your time, it really was just organization in getting you know up to another level of competition. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good, listen, you know what's crazy? Like for you, this is a, like this right here is good for you because your son I heard is really good. And I heard he, and he's 13. So like you're about to embark in a place that's gonna be a little different for you because in the younger age groups, it's easy um, when you have a good kid, you can have one or two good kids and you can dominate youth. Mm -hmm. You can dominate those 13s and 12s and 14s, right? When you get to high school, everybody got budget. Yeah. Everybody got expertise, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So like everyone was like, I had the kid Mikey Williams and he was playing with Bronny a little bit, but I've known Mikey's dad since he's been in diapers. Mm -hmm. So I knew he was gonna play for us. But it's like, there's way more when you get to high school than just having some money and being able to go on the road. Like, do you know Evan Daniels, do you know Eric Bossy, Paul Biancardi, the three guys, three major ranking sources that rank you so you can get in the damn draft? Do you know all these college coaches who are gossiping amongst each other? How well is your relationship with every coach in the country that can help gossip your kid up to a certain level? Do you know these motherfuckers? If you don't know these motherfuckers, <laughs> like, how, you, it doesn't matter how much money you got, your kid may not be in the right platform. 
So there's a method to the madness. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some kids, no matter what, they're good enough. Mm -hmm. You can put them on a platform, and they're just going to figure it out. But at the end of the day right now, if we're going back to the day where you go straight to the draft, shit, every, every rep is important. This, if we, so if we go in there, became, if we go in there, yeah. every rep is important. Because listen to this: if they bring that rule back, the funny if they bring that rule back, which they're going to, and let's just use Mikey as an example. God willing, he stays injury free. God willing, he gets better. God willing, all those things happen for him that that give him the opportunity to have that opportunity, right? But let's say that happens. It's like every rep for him. We're gonna have NBA guys at our at our AU game. It's gonna be packed. The whole fucking baseline is gonna be the whole league watching this kid play high school games. Tope, in I two can years. See, I can see Gil. In two years. This right is now. A, this is a rare occasion because Gil's at a loss for words right no, now. Because, because he's th you're thinking as a player, as a parent, and as a coach. No, because you know now that you know because now that I'm jumping into AAU, you know, like I'm seeing like because I'm, I'm sitting here like, how does this team make AAU? This is not even Park League team, and you know to, to realize it became more of a business. You know, like it's a professional, you know, like yes. it's, you know, AU it seems like it's like college and like the NBA. So you have to set your, wow. No, think, <laughs> no, think of this though. Think of this. So, you know, your friend Tim is my guy and we did a little show and it's like the show on us, it's called like, they call me the linchpin, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I'm the linchpin in all these different areas. Agents, NBA, college coaches, high school coaches, youth coaches, like, I'm pushing narrative on all those worlds, mm -hmm. especially with all the elite talent that I have, right? So like for me, like I go sit down with a parent if I want a kid, right? I have a, we have a PowerPoint, we do professional. But like, if you look at my PowerPoint, if you look at the PowerPoint, bro, if you look at the PowerPoint, it's just gonna be tough to pass on it mm -hmm. because it's gonna show you the expertise from having a player who was really good taking them all the way through to the draft. The player who wasn't good, taking them all the way through to the draft. And the proof of that, and it does take expertise and placement and branding and all these different things that, you can't just go play in tournaments. There's, there's more method than madness than that. That's why we've been a little bit different than everybody. Ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, this is totally different than what I remember. He's yes. speechless right now. No, because you know, when, you know, like, because I remember, you know, the big names, like, uh, the, you know, you had the big names back yeah. then. You see who they're playing for. You know, you're sitting there like, you know, I'm a shark. You know, I'm a shark back in the day. So I'm sitting there, okay, yeah, I'm about to get him. He can't do this. You know, so that's how, you know, you get seen. Because I remember for the most part, every time I played in the AU tournament, like the pumps, I don't, the one they did was in Carson. Yep. The big one in Carson. Yep. My games was either like 7 in the morning, nobody there. 9 at night, nobody there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there was two years where... I'm out there averaging 30-something, nobody's seen it. Yep. You know what I mean? So it like so I get that, you know, I get that sample, but the, the to have a whole recruiting just on AAU players is No, it's crazy now. It, it think think of think think of this. Like think of um, let's just use Evan Moby, for instance. And he like is gonna be a top five draft pick next year. Mm -hmm. He'll go to USC this year. Um, when I got him in the sixth grade. He wasn't ranked. Nobody knew about him. No one cared about him. But just if you take that sixth grade, then we get, but I knew he was going to be good. So when he got to high school, um, he went to a school called Rancho Christian, which is no one, like you have 200 kids mm -hmm. in Temecula. Nobody ever heard of the school. <laughs> so his dad called me and says, hey, look, Toby, he goes, what do you think? Do you think that, that Rancho Christian is going to hurt him? 
like being there? Like, do you think that we need to go to modern day? Do we need to go somewhere that can, you know, where he can be seen more? I said, listen, man, with him and Isaiah, which is his brother there, I said, with both of them, if they're as good as we think they're going to be, we're going to be fine there. We're going to build that thing. We're going to build the high school because I sponsored the high school too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sponsored the high school too. <laughs> and then we're going to build the AAE team around the kids. So when I called Adidas, I said, look, we're going to sponsor Rancho Christian. They were like, what? Who's that? No. I said, listen, just trust me. We're sponsoring Rancho Christian. Kick the money in. We're sponsoring Rancho Christian. Okay. But they weren't happy about it. Right? So two years later, I was like, hey, man, um, will you hurry up and give me these motherfucking new uniforms? <laughs> we got four national television, ga- national televised games. Give me the fucking new uniforms. So it went from, who, why are you sponsoring them, yeah, yeah. to them trying to be like, what kind of shoes can we get for them? <laughs> like, what, what, what uniforms are we getting for them? What we get? I said, okay, now you know why I told you to sponsor them. Mm-hmm. Now you got the, the high school team with 200 kids in the school with the most ESPN games in the country. So, Gil, you got in the car to drive here. Quite a ways, right? We're mm-hmm. out here in Riverside, California. I think what you have to do now is you're going to have to be in that car and you're going to have to go evaluate talent and start scouting and recruiting. And he wasn't ready for that. No, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you hear about AAU, you see, you know, I go there, you know, I go to the games yeah. every Saturday, every weekend, see, see the kids. Okay, that kid went somewhere. Like you can see, but I haven't seen this world because my kid is not in that world. Right, not yet. You know, my kid is not in the, that age group where you see the top talents. You know, like, like I see Mikey, but I've never seen them play because that age, his age group ain't, you know. With your kid. It's, it's and, not and, my and kid. You know, so my kid is too young, so we don't get to see the, the new high school. But let, let me give you this, though. This is something that I think you guys can really relate to. So um, take Bronny's team, Strive for Greatness. Mm-hmm. They are a rock star team last year. Yeah. Rock star. Sky Clark, mm-hmm. Bronny, all these good, really good young kids. They brought them from all over the country. Right, they play kind of eight, ninth grade, like 15s and 14s. But the the thing now is, is they remember when you get to high school, you can only play in a bordering state, so you can't use them kids from all over the country now. Now you're in our world. Our world's a little different. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't bring kids from all over the country to play on my high school team. It can only be a bordering state. Oh wow. So now you bring in the the white kid from Florida. I don't know where he lives. Gabe Cups, wherever he live at. Uh You got all these kids playing your team. Well, that cuts half of your team because they can't. They got to live in California, mm-hmm. Oregon, uh, Arizona, or, or Vegas. So you can't take them kids no more. So now you got to get the California kids. Now, um, they had a really good team, but the one thing that sometimes the NBA guys don't realize, like, people were like, hey, what, what do you think about Strive for Grades? I think it's a good team, but like, when they start getting to the 17s, it's going to be tough for them. It ain't going to be as easy. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because Number one, that team has a narrative. That's LeBron Jr. That's the narrative, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and, and that's going to be other people. All kids want their, all parents want their kids to shine. To shine. The good ones, whether they're going to piggyback you or whoever else. So um, it's not hard to make a parent understand that, you know, Scott Clark left that team. You interviewed him, mm-hmm. but he, that team is all world, but he left the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would think that that would be impossible for like a kid like that, like you're good. Why would you ever leave LeBron's team? Well, I would say it's this, and I'll put this on you, Gil, is do you want to be the main man, the one-man attraction on your team, or do you want to be on a team of all-stars? You know, I, I, you know I'm on the fence of both of them because, you know, I came from just being a man. You know what I mean? So, you know, my thought process was always kill mode. You know, I didn't really 
have to share the light with anybody. Even when I went to other teams, when I went to, you know, TPI, you know, they subbed me in one four flat. I don't I don't know what y'all offense is, but I know what my offense is. Yeah. And it's gonna be one four flat, like it or not, you know. I'm gonna score 50 at the half. That's, That's right. what I'm gonna do. You know, so if you have the mindset to shine, you're gonna shine no matter what is around. And but I see kids now that it's different than when I grew up. You only play with your friends for the most part, people you grew around with. You know, now these kids is they're teaming up. You know, they're they're playing a tournament and see, yo, I like him. We play, let's team up together. You know, so it's, it seems like there's more, you know, collabs than they were when I played. But does it work like that? Is now, it only kids now, or only he's right, No, the Gibbers right now. So I will tell you this: there are collabs. There's a lot of collabs. Now we have been haven't been based on that. Like we've been fortunate enough, like that team that we had that had Isaiah Mobley, who was McDonald's All American, on Yeko Okongwu, who's gonna be a top five pick in the NBA draft. Um, Evan Mobley is gonna be a top five pick in the NBA draft. Johnny Juzang, who's went from Kentucky to UCLA. Jared Lucas, who's California's all-time leading scorer. Uh, Jalen Clark, who's going to UCLA. Isaiah Hill, who's at Tulsa. So we had seven high major players in this team, right? Who really all got what they wanted, but the reason they got to do that is because every single one of those kids started off in our uniform in the eighth grade, never played for another AAU team. So, which is unheard of in today's yeah, game. Yeah, 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 Most sure, kids sure. are jumping around, playing jumping. with each other. Those kids that we had, there's one of them, Jalen Carker's going to UCLA, but they all stuck around and played together the whole way through. At the end of the day, it's like most, he, most of the teams are like Gilbert says, they're doing collabs. We are fortunate enough to, to, to recognize the talent younger, make them friends, make their parents friends, and make them want to do the journey together. And then from there, you know, the, the horse is going to pick. You're we're going to have, pick, no, yeah. we're going to have four to five NBA players on the team. There's going to be four or five NBA players on that team. There's going to be three for sure. Could be four I mean, or five. You can see what, what the, you know, the success. Because, you, I mean, you're building, you're building from eighth grade. They're getting to know each other and they're picking their own roles and understanding how to play with each other while you're still developing their talent. Boom. So it's not like you're just picking some some guy from here and just say, add, you're, right. you're developing your own talent. Well, I was we say didn't add any new talent to that team. We added no challenge. new talent to that team. No, it's different. Like no one's, that's the reason why I call that team one of the more special teams in, in AAU history. We'll see how they do in, in college. I mean, in college and the pros. But like it wasn't an all-star team. Everybody else like that had that. Even Pat Barrett's team that they say this is the greatest of all time with Kevin Love and Brandon Jennings. Remember, Kevin Love started with the Portland Legends. Mm -hmm. Then he went to SCA. He didn't play SCA his whole high school career. He played his last two years. Brandon Jennings left SCA his last year, went to play for Dino, so Belmont Shore. Mm -hmm. Went and played Belmont Shore his last year. So those kids didn't play exclusive SCA. They played in that one team together that was unbelievable. That was, you know, our, it is one of the best teams ever. I saw that whole run. But again, like the kids that we had on our team played together the whole way through. They were all homegrown. So that's a little bit different. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. man. And even like this I, team, I remember when, you know, I come in, like, one player that you had. That I know who you're going to say. Go ahead, but go ahead. He scared the shit out of me. Tito Badass. Yeah, hey, you know it, Tito. Boy. Yeah, Tito Badass. Hey, hey man. listen, listen, hey. let me tell you. So, I don't know if you remember this. You were in, we were playing in an all-star game. I was coaching the game. You were in it. It was, uh, and you and Tito were both in it. I forgot where, where we were playing. 
but it was a senior all-star game. Mm -hmm. And you were like, hey, am I on Tito's team? Am I on Tito's team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not want to play against him, man. Because yeah, yeah, like, he yeah. was he was like he played bully basket. Like, you know, there's LA like fouling you Beast. hard. And, but then there's that style of just brute, just brute speed strip. Like he had it all. It was like, what is this? It was like, yeah, it was, man. it was like Zion as a guard, though. Yep. Like the dribble was like it was like he was he played like he was mad at basketball. Yep. The dribble was hard, the drive was hard, and it was like man, we're in, I got to wear football pads and play against <laughs> this dude, bro. Like I want to be on his team. I'm not trying to stick this dude That's all right. on. That's like right. where's the skinny little white kid I can run up and <laughs> kill the whole time? Like I can't. He was like, like you trying to go by him? Like if he, it's a straight clothesline, pick you up. <laughs> like it was no, it was no, it was like so passive aggressive style. But the Tito dribble was, was monster, it was man. a it was a monster style. How do you protect that mindset though? Because you know we had you know uh, Dan Fagan had him. Okay, I know that whole story. So you can go ahead. So, you tell me what you know. I'll tell you what so, I know. So Dan Fagan had him, and you know I know the process that I went through. Mm -hmm. You know, sitting on the bench, you know, trying to trying to find your way, and the team he was on, I thought was perfect for him because mm -hmm. it was. You know, they had the one-on-one -on -one style. The one-on-one -on -one, on -one style. You, you, know, had, you know what happened? You had, uh, was it, that's what, Steve Francis, you had all yep. of them. Yep. And, you know, them. Dan was like, man, can't find Tito. I said, what do you mean we can't find Tito? You know the story. They said Tito, you know the story. they said, <laughs> Tito homesick. Tito was homesick. So, they, you know, they had him, the claws on him, so they told him, basically, they, he went to Houston Rockets, and um, he left after his sophomore year from Fresno State. And I don't know if you remember that year. His sophomore year at Fresno State, they were rock stars. Yeah, he, yes. Like he, they, they trans. They had Jerry Tarkanian was the coach. Mm -hmm. They transformed that Fresno State culture, that UNLV culture, to Fresno State. Right. They were the traveling rock show. Yeah, yeah. Like it was crazy. So he ends up going to the draft, gets drafted in the second round, mm -hmm. um, goes to the Rockets, and um, they, they knew that Tito was LA and he had, you know, ties in Compton, and they basically told him, look, um, you're not going home for the summer. Just that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like you want, like if you want to be successful here, you're gonna stay in Houston in the summertime, and you, you, you already know what happened. You tell <laughs> Man, them. It was the West Coast. You know how you do the West Coast trip. So they they're doing the West Coast trip. They play LA. Houston gets back on the plane to go. No Tito. They said Tito never showed up. Again. I don't know exactly what happened with that, but I just know that in the summertime. You know, nah, this is before the summer. Yeah, this is so, during the season. Even in the summertime. They, yeah, they, they, then he they, went back home. He went back home, and they they were like, okay. They said that like he yeah. he just when he came when they were playing, he came. It was like I think it was only like nine games. It was his ninth game, and they came for the L.A. trip. And when he got to Los Angeles, when they played the Lakers, he just didn't come back. They, you know, it was it was the homesick part. It's like how do you? I guess they don't. You don't have that now because they're. You're different traveling. Type, they're different type of kids. Too. You're traveling. But more. also, if you have that talent, why didn't you get out to no, LA? But it's back. It's different now because yeah, you got to remember back now. then, it's Compton team, and you're playing LA. The furthest what? The furthest you guys went back then was Vegas. Didn't go in the, yeah, it's Vegas. The, the furthest you went back. So him, and then you got you got to remember, you got players on his team. That's also you know you got super crit. Which was, I still talk to Dave. Hey, I still talk to Dave. Oh, uh, Dave, Dave, Dave's doing great Dave right Hamilton, now. Dave Hamilton, yeah, Super Crip. Doing great right like, now. Those are the names, like, people don't understand. A nickname like Super Crip doesn't really exist. If you said that name, your story, his story's crazy. If you say that name in AAU, you already knew who that was. You didn't, no one, no one said David Hamilton. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super Crip. Mm-hmm. The Scouts. Super Crip. Absolutely. You want to see Super Crip? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. That was his nickname. So, you know, that team, when you, when you traveled, you wasn't traveling that far. So when Tito went to the pros, like I remember back then going pro, it was you, a young kid, yeah. put in an adult world. So you, you, you think about it. You put him, you, you put him a kid who from, who's from Compton who never really left. You put him on a team where you have adults. So you got Steve Francis. He ain't, he ain't messing with you. You got, you go Yao. Yeah, Yao's from a whole different country. Own. You're on your own. You're, you're on your own. You got, you know, you got. Catino Mobley. You got, no, I don't think Catino was there at that time. It was. Yeah, um, Mo Taylor. Yeah, Maurice Taylor. You had um, Kevin Cato. You had um, Mucci Norris, you know, who's the second backup. So Tito's the third. So, you know, you're not playing, that's already headache. You know, because you're used to a certain style of, and then I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point he realized, you know, I can body all this, you know, but the coach ain't putting him in. And no, you, so you're, all you do is just get to sit with your head. And then you got your friends like, yo, they ain't play you tonight. Nah, man, man, fuck these. You know, yeah, you, you're yeah. going to, you know, because I went through it. Yeah. You know, you're going to get to that point where, man, I, hey, when, when I get to L.A., bro, that nigga don't play me for like left seven, right, ten right, minutes, right, right. especially I'm, his hometown. I'm chilling. Yeah, I'm chilling. I ain't going back to the motherfucker. And, and, and not to mention, how- who is his coach? Was it Rudy T? And Van Gundy at that point. Nah, I think Rudy... I know Rudy T was a coach at one at that point, point I during think that he was time. In LA. I don't know who was a coach of that, but it would have been a veteran coach. Exactly. You know, so which like, doesn't help you at all. Now, you know, now I guess it's easier because you're traveling state to state. No, but kids are so much. We, we, they go over the world with us. Yeah. See, now it's, it's over, over the world. world. It's all you over know, the world. That was always that one, that one guy, because that you know, like growing up, you know, I mean, I had uh, was it James Wright? James Wright from uh, Manual Arts. Yeah, yeah. So I had my, my battles with James Wright. You know, yeah. he's gonna do the left hand Mookie. spin. Yeah, yeah. yeah but the one that just. That the one that just always irritated me. No matter how much I score, it was it was a painful. It was a painful twenty thirty. It was Tito, like you know. So I always paid attention to yep. when he was in college. Like, like, oh yeah, when he get to when he got drafted, low, he gonna kill that. Yeah. He gonna kill that. So when I heard the story of leaving, I was like, it's the element. The element is not yeah. protecting. Yeah. You know, it's not a. It's and not also a back then, think of this though. Like if I had Tito now, that might, might not happen. Yeah, it's easier because we didn't have no resources. Yeah. So back then, we did what we could. You know, we we just we travel with the kids, do what we could, but like we didn't have the resources we have now. You know, we can do a lot more with these kids and, and show them a lot more, more culture, for- a lot more things, so that like they can just see and know that there's more out there. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know it's, just, I mean? it's just like it's it's a better network for the mind going forward. Back then, you know, you I, I, I tell people like I said, whatever mindset you have when you entered the NBA. That's your mindset going forward. Like if you having a, if you have a like a Kawhi Leonard already a quiet mentality, mm-hmm. or if you have a Dwight Howard, if you're a goofball, no matter how you, no matter what year you're, you're stuck in that mindset. Yeah. Because you got to remember, if you're 18, 19, 20, and everybody on your team is adults, you don't fuck with them. No, for sure. They're yeah. married. They got kids. They so you don't have that conversation. So all you do it is attached to the other young kid that's with you. Right. So y'all become whatever party heads, y'all, whatever. And then when you start getting older, you didn't learn how to be an adult. <laughs> so you just gravitate down to the, <laughs> no, the there's youth. there's a lot of room for error. Yeah. A lot of room for error. So, you know, so if, a kid, if you're immature going in, you're immature unless you get a girlfriend that's going to teach you how to drink wine and be an adult. Other than that, you, you like, that's what I said. Like, if you look at Dwight Howard, you look at um, LeBron James and how they act on the sidelines, 
it's the same when they were 18. Yeah, LeBron's that, always been very, just, he's been always very mature, and he's on top of his. Business. But even, even when you, but see, he was a fun you, guy too. But what I'm saying is, you can see the fun. Like you can be like, yo, he's silly. Taco Tuesday, you can see it. Like yeah. that 18 year old kid is still, <laughs> it's still right there because everybody he was around was still that young. Yeah, you know. So it seemed like it's, it's, you, it's, it seemed like you're building. It's building. You're building NBA teams, in the youth. You have to, if you want to be competitive. But also, we mentioned some challenges now too, and I think the greatest challenge is is to refine the talent Parents that you have to work the with. Biggest challenge. We're gonna get to that one next, <laughs> but but it's refining the talent <laughs> that you have to work with because what well, the youth level, it's the focus. How do you instill that in them? So, you know, I, at first, like when we were when we were younger, we just had to deal with the talent we had, right? So. That's a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just get thrown some kids and it's like, <laughs> do it. Deal with it. Like, even with Tito, like, let me tell you something. Tito Maddox, David Hamilton, Milton Riley, who went to Washington State, um, the kids with Ellis Miles, who went to Louisville, all the kids we had there, um, Jeff Trepanier, you know, they were all neighborhood kids. So, um, you know, they all had issues somewhere, whatever it might be in their situation, um, compared to the kids we have now, which, like have both parents mm -hmm. that, you know, they're middle class, middle to upper middle class families. Um, the kids that we have on our team now, they're, it's a little bit different of a demographic. That changes everything too, because obviously your kid is gonna be a lot more cultural than those kids were back then. You have a lot more culture and it's gonna be a lot easier to deal with certain situations with those kids. So the times, like, is everything. Cause a kid, like again, like us picking kids now, um, and we're very selective too. So we're very selective of the kids we take, and we're very selective when we recruit a kid, we recruit their parents too. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I that's, mean a, that's a big part of it. The parents is a big part of it too because the parents can ruin your team. Yeah, because I'm, I'm seeing it. I'd be seeing kids like after the games. Like <laughs> I, told, I had to tell one parent because he was just yelling, pass, shoot the ball, shoot the ball, come, pass the ball, pass it to my son. Shoot. If you miss this free throw, like so I'm seeing like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, yo, like, you know that's not how this works. Like, what, how we see the game from outside is not how they're processing during the game. Like, if a kid knows he's open, he will shoot it, but he figured he wasn't open to shoot that ball. Let me come to your job while you type it. Push, push the button now. Push yeah. it. Send it now. Push this word. He gets irritated, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I said, you know, when 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 the when a kid is playing, you have to let him see the game for himself. Even though we see it faster because we get to see the whole view. We don't have to dribble, get dodge this guy and do. We can yo pass it up. Mm. Yeah, he's going to sit a little bit later because he has extra shit to do before he gets that. We don't. We just looking like, yo, my son is open. Make that mm -hmm. fucking make the pass. You know, <laughs> you know, so it's it's weird because I like I try to set the example as a parent and just sit there. I figure if I'm a pro, I played at a professional level. I have a, a kid on a team that if you see what I'm doing, you know what to do. You shouldn't so, be doing it. Yeah, so if, if I'm just sitting it, there being, you, you know, be my son doesn't set. 22 minutes, and I ain't say a word, motherfucker don't say nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see me yelling, though. Don't, don't you yell. Should be yelling, yeah. that, that doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't help. But that's been around you sports forever. What do we call that? Little League parent? And that's only, that's only gonna hurt their kid because they're always looking over their shoulder, not for the coach, but what their mom or dad is gonna be doing on the sideline. And not to mention but where you, you but are you, now. But you guys don't even forget AAU, like the league is watching that. Sure, yeah. yeah. The league is watching that. Like, every kid wants to play in the NBA. Let's mm -hmm. be real. Anyone dribbling the basketball wants to play in the NBA, right? 
But what our kids don't understand is like take on Yekka's pre-draft process right now. Um, he's pretty much a basketball nerd, so like they're not um, finding anything on him, mm-hmm. but they're looking for everything. They're calling people in the dorms. They're calling everybody. Like they're trying to find out what this, what, what, what color underwear he wears. Like they know everything about this kid. They know everything. If your dad's a loud mouth or a wild mm-hmm. ass, they're gonna know who he is. They're gonna be like, you know what? <sighs> I don't know. Like. You know, we, I don't know if we should draft him at five, man. His dad might be talking crazy about the GM. Like, we ain't doing that. You know, That's how fast I, it I, is. I remember, I remember doing, when I, because when, when I got in, they were doing little, the little sight tests, right? Mm-hmm. And they asked me a question. They said, would you rather, it was doing, would you rather build or cook? It was, it was just a bunch of dumb shit. Yeah. Right? Then they asked me, they said, <laughs> would you rather get the, would you rather make the game winning shot or the game-winning assist. And I said, to be honest, none of it matters, right? Because one, I came from the Jordan era, so obviously the game-winning shot. Yeah. You want me to say assist, so it's a team thing. I'm gonna beat you to that. I'm gonna say I want the, the game-winning rebound. <laughs> because the game-winning rebound means I beat nine other players to that ball and yeah. you know and it shows my willingness to win you know you see how stupid it comes yeah, now yeah, yeah, so yeah. i said this is pointless why do you and then he tries to break it down on you know the background check and all this stuff i said for a kid we're talking about kids what do you what do you think you're gonna find on a kid he does dumb kid shit. Like, like you, you're really judging yeah. your basis off of what a kid does. Like, I'm pretty sure he mooned someone in the sixth grade. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna penalize him for what he did in the eleventh grade when he was seventeen, drinking with his friend. That's what they suppose they're supposed to do. Nut shit. Like, they're nuts. Like, like I'm, I'm bringing him in because I think he's the future. Right? I'm, I'm drafting him because I think he can help my team in the future. This is an adult world. I'm going to teach him how to be an adult. So I don't care what he did as a kid. So most of those things, they it just seems so stupid to me. Like, does the kid, all I need to know as a GM or owner, does he want to get better? If he wants to be the greatest of all time, that's who I want. Because I don't have to worry about the outside life because I know he's going to be in the gym. I don't care how crazy Westbrook is. I know he's going to want to be the best to get better. Fine with me. I don't care what James, Dor- James Harden is doing at 12 to 3, p- 3 a.m. in the morning. See, I see both sides of Because that. I know from 6 a.m. to midnight, he's going to be in the gym. I see both sides <laughs> of that. You want to hedge your bet, though, because there's some things you might be able to see before yeah, they I- get there. Like, you might be able to see, um, I-, I don't want to call them names out, but you might be able to see Antoine Walker. You might be able to see that coming. But that's an element. Okay, he might be able to see that, but that could yeah, yeah, be a part yeah. of the the surround. His to me, that was a part of his surroundings, surroundings, and his surroundings got him caught up. You know, but you're trying to see that so that you might be able to beat but, that. But those know? factors, where you come from, sometimes it's too much money too soon. Sometimes it's a bad team. You can't those things. You can't predict the future from where you get them at the youth level. But it's the good habits that start. Like I just, I, I just personally hate the whole because I went through the draft process. Right? I knew you were hot. I knew you were hot too. When people talk yeah, about. I knew you was hot too. Yeah, what? I knew you was hot. Wait, wait, who, wait, wait. wait. Who in your draft ahead? Wait, hold on. Let's just get back to that. Let's get back to that. So you had uh, 
Uh, who uh, uh, who, who was in here? my draft? Yeah, who went ahead of you? Then? Everybody <laughs> went ahead of me. Give me some of those names. Like, I mean, because um, you guys had a great year that year. We had we went a, to the national championship that year. Yeah, we went to the national championship, but back then it was tweeners. There was no tweeners. They didn't do the one-two combo. They didn't know what that was yet. You know, so our, the first guard was Jason, Gar- uh, Jason Richardson. So he was the first two guard. The first Michigan point, State. Yeah, the first point guard that went was, well, some, some kid named, um, went to Utah. He looked more like a model than a basketball player. Um, Ry- Raul Lopez. I don't even know if don't he actually know played in the NBA. Like when I seen him, like, Raul Lopez. I'm looking like, oh, fucking model? What the fuck? <laughs> you don't play no basketball. And then from there, it was, um, they was going with the hybrids, Gerald Sasser, big tall, the big tall kid. Yeah, that, and then Tinsley. From Iowa Tinsley, State. From Iowa State. He was tough. Tinsley, J- Jamal York Tinsley kid, was yeah. the first point guard, and then Tony Parker, and then me. Tony Parker. So, so you no know, point guards it, it was, we had the big man draft. Yeah, that, was Tyson no, Chandler. that was Tyson Chandler, well, Tyson Eddie Curry, man. Kwame Brown. So when we're, you know, when I go to the draft, you know, we Chicago, you know, you're going through all of this, playing, like, yeah, where you think you're going? You know me top five? I didn't even heard you. Where you going? Top 10. Never even heard. You know, so you sit here, every kid talking about their top five, top 10, and you never seen them play. That's when I knew basketball was way bigger than my mindset at that point. You know what I mean? I thought I'd have, because in college, you know, okay, Joe Forte, I did. You know, so you see this. So yeah, he's when, a big name, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He's so when we're, when we're going through camp, I'm, I'm busting everybody's ass. We go pre-grab, you know, one-on-one, two-on-two. Ask Jeff Chapanje. It was me and him on the team. We playing. It was me and him versus Richard Jefferson and um, Joe Johnson. Murdered them. <laughs> Mur- <laughs> murdered them. We murdered them. <laughs> we murdered them. Because I got to think about, we're both faster. We're faster. This motherfucker jumped out the, he yeah. jumped out of the gym. So I'm not was, sure if they would exactly call No, so you guys got murder. picked back to back because he got picked 31. No, nah, I was 31. He was like 32, 32. 34. Like yeah, he was something like right that. You, yeah. So we, so, you know, me and him, so we're, like, so think of the, what we looking at. We're looking at it for value, face value. You know, face value, killing them. So I remember I met, I'm, I go to Washington. This is when I was like, so I go to Washington. So I already played against Joe Johnson. So I didn't even know who he was. Like, I didn't know the, I didn't know the name at the time. You, just, right. you know, just look at the list, ah. <laughs> yeah. Richard Jefferson, oh, he's my teammate, about to beat that. Yeah. So, you know, it's me and Jeff, you know what I mean, Jeff? So we Damn, beat, Richard. Yeah, so we beat through them. You know, so I'm having, I'm killing every, everywhere I'm going. So we go to Washington. It's... And then this is where now people are talking about Joe Johnson. Like, he's, he's a special type of player. So, you know, he's point guard. He wasn't athletic. You know, mm-hmm. can shoot. Can shoot. shoot. You know, can shoot. You know, just, I didn't, you know, one-on-one, I don't see that. I'm one-fourth flat. So I got him, um, Richard Jefferson, Sean Lampley. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, that's one-on-one. All, all the spots, I won all that. They didn't touch, they didn't touch that rock. There was no, there was no, it was 505050. So, you know, I'm talking shit to Jordan because I went to Jordan camp. I might as well just be number one pick that killed all these. Who's next? So, you know, I'm just talking shit. Yeah, you know? talking to people. So, when draft comes, right? Draft comes and the picks is coming out. You know, it's like Kwame Brown. Who the f is that? See, I didn't see no Kwame Brown in no draft. You know, because, you know, in drive, you know, when you go to Chicago, half the players don't show up. Right. 
So he's like, okay, then you know, he didn't. And Paul Gasol, what? what? <laughs> so I'm just seeing like that. I, and then Shane Battier, oh, I, done, I threw the jury out. Shane Battier, oh, this sorry motherfucker, get picked five. Like, who, who picks Shane Battier? He's a senior. You, he can't grow anymore. You know, he has no ability to get better. That's what you're going to get for fifth. That's not what you want. He went five? Yeah, he went five. So from there, you, I'm like, I'm seeing players that I've never heard of in my life. Like it was, a, I remember a kid, um, Boston pick, it was some Diedrich, uh, Kedrick, Diedrich Brown, something, it was a, he's supposed to have been a jumper. And I'm sitting here like, like I, don't, I don't know, like I went to the championship. I don't know none of you. Who are you? Like who 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 are you guys? Like you didn't you didn't face me in the in the one on one tryout, so you can't be that good. So when I go thirty one and I start looking at the process, I start realizing the NBA is doing it wrong. They don't know what they're looking for. Because let's say I, I have a I need a point guard, and you're the number one point guard in the country. Well, how do I know you're the number one if you never played against? two, three, or four in college. You never played against these three. So how do I know you're the number one? So what I'm going to do is, what they do now is I'm going to try you out. You're going to leave. I'm going to try you out. You're going to try, try. Well, that doesn't determine who's the best player during crunch time, who's a one-on-one player, who's a gamer, who has heart. I won't know that until I put you all together to play. Now I can see who is the true. And what ends up happening is you don't know it. So like right now, you have somebody like Aiton and Bag- Bagley dead, and then you have Trey Young and Luca All-Stars. Because they don't, <laughs> because they're not, they're not, they're, there's no, you don't know that guy is an animal or a pussycat until he plays in a game. By then, it's too fucking late. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I started learning from the NBA is that most of those guys, they have no idea what they're looking for or what they want. And that, that was the thing that, that really hurts because I'm like, you know, if there's five all-stars per draft. There's always five all-stars per draft. Only two and a half will be in a lottery. The other two would be Hard, hard workers. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, how yeah. do you miss? How do you, what do you, you're not, a, like, stop Stop with all the mind control, like, yo, do you want to swim or do, like, those, te- like, <laughs> let me see your basketball <laughs> skill and knowledge. Like, what, what, let me put you guys together, like, with the Lonzo Ball and all of them, that whole little point guard class, like, Monk, Monk and, um, what's the kid from uh, Sacra- Sacramento? Fox. 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 Okay, if they barbecued this kid in college, why would I think he's better than them? Like, like why would I think? So if I'm going to pick a number two, let me, let me go against the kids that really put some pressure on you. Let me, let me see that again. And now I can evaluate if you are a number two pick. Because if this kid put 20 and 30 on you, both of them combined, now let me, let me put you back in that same element and then isolate it, let you guys go... Now I can see what you can do. You know, then from there, I would have spotted, okay, when he goes right, right, he can't, he can't pull up for a jumper. He only one that goes left. That left is going to be a step back. I can really spot that when there's a defender there, especially a defender who wants your position. 
Are you going to fight for it or are you going to just back out and say, hey, I'm going to try something else? Because that's where it really counts. Because he's a rookie. What, what happens when Westbrook and Chris Paul come at you? When that Patrick Beverly push you on the floor, what are you going to do? That's, that's where it, it ain't about the rookies. It's about the, 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 the pros. And that's where I see that from pros to every other level. Like the pro, the, hey, you were smarter than the pro level. I can tell you that. You guys are more advanced. <laughs> What you're picking than the general managers are in that in that <laughs> upper level, I can tell you that for sure. Gil, you know what time it is. My favorite part of the show, it's Ask Agent Zero time. So we're going to turn the tables on Gil. I know Tope is ready with some questions to put Gil on the hot seat. So what do you got for him? What you got, Gil? So let me ask you a question, man. When you, <laughs> when you first got into the – when you were in the, the pre-draft process, uh-huh. how much money did you spend? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> shit, shit, it, 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 it ended up being all of it because, so you know, just like you're coming in. I, you're, heard, I heard a story uh-huh. about you having cameras in your bumper. Yes. Yeah, I heard that story. <laughs> hey, so I was look, right. look, I heard so, about that. So out of college, you know what I mean? You got, remember, this is the. This That's was before the, people did that. Yeah, no, this was the year to escalate. Yeah. This is the escalate year. So drop my car. I got drop my car off at 310, right? Dropped it off at 310. Yeah, everybody. So, you know, you're going in there like, what do you need? Like, what do you what do you want? You know, me at first, uh, just, you know, a couple speakers, you know, maybe a couple TVs. It's all right. And then you look over there, you know, it's Gary Payton's. It's like, yo, what's in that one? Yo, he, he got mink floors. Mink floors? <laughs> For real? And then, and then what's the suede roof? Give me the suede roof. I want the suede roof of mine. That's like, okay. Uh, how about the TV that dropped down? What's the TV that dropped down for? You know, for the people in the back. Give me the TV that dropped down for the people in the back. Right? So I'm sitting here looking at everyone Escalade, and I'm sitting here like, so, like, but if the TVs drop down, because, you know, this, if you get the TV, how are you going to see in the review? I was like, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> camera in the bumper. Easily sold. That's what I heard. You get the camera like, in the bumper. In the bumper. That's what I heard. So when I reverse, I can see everybody behind. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> give me the button. So when I reverse, and I can see people behind me. So I can see somebody chasing me and everything. Like you know, so you nobody know, had cameras in the bumper back then. No, when that you're was 19, new, which is dumb. why you have that's, to have it. Like, no, yeah. that's what I heard. The big story I heard about him, he put cameras in his bumper. Yeah. People were like, cameras in his bumper. Yeah. That's back when, but they do it now. Before no one did Before that. Before nobody though. did it. Nobody did that. So no, I was ahead of time. That, was that, the only that salesman was ahead of time. You might have been the only guy that had that. Because he told me once it dropped down, how I'm gonna see. And I'm like, well, can you put there's like camera in the camera in the so I'm sitting here just question spinning. solution. So I'm spinning like it was a fifty thousand dollar truck. I got four twelves. Two, three, four, five, six TVs, <laughs> suede roof, cameras everywhere. I spent almost 150 there. I spent, damn, damn. I spent jewelry, bought the jewelry, because you know back then it was the, the big initials. Yep. You know, everybody had the big initials, so it was the big chains with the big initials on it. The platinum? Yeah, pla- the yeah. platinum joint. So, so I'm all the way, chain going all the way here with the white tees. Yep. Got the white tees so you can see the bling, so I got it all. I spent before I got drafted almost two hundred thousand. Don't do that. No, no, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Don't do that. Don't do that. Especially if you get picked in the second round. <laughs> so my Your first paycheck was spent. My paycheck was gone. Like my first when they did when I did mine, it was like second round because you know 
you already got the money slide, like pick one, three million. So I said, I'm gonna be top 10, so I'm at least a million. <laughs> you know, feel me at 1.2, I'm good. Yeah. So when you know you 30, they ain't even got nothing for the 30s. They ain't gonna scale, 30, they they scale yeah. for the 30s. <laughs> you know, so when I see when they told me my first check, 300,000, you were like, I'm like, for the year? They're like, for the year. I already spent that. Like, I done spent that already. We talking about. So when they did my budget. <laughs> you had no budget. You had to go when to year did, two. When they did year my budget, budget, it was for both years. It was like, I can only spend $200 for the month of free money. Other than that, it was rent, gas. They had to put the gas. In. No, it was just rent. It was rent. My dad's rent. It was my Was rent. that car on the credit line? No, I paid that. Oh, it was on the credit line. So, so I had to pay line. that back. Mm. Yeah. So I was on $200. You know how, but bruh, can I come back to college? Shit, out. And that's what they said. I done blew up Arizona. Cause I was living way better when I was in Arizona. So I'm, I never forget. I never forget. So when Richard, um, I saw Richard working out one day. I think he got a Benz. Mm-hmm. He got a Benz, right? Am I yep. right? He yep. got a Benz. And I was like, damn, bro, you already got the Benz? He's like, yeah, I had to get something. He goes, Gilbert's got all, Gilbert got all this shit going. I got to keep up with Gilbert. <laughs> He's a trap. So I had heard I had heard about that. I didn't know whether to believe it or not. Yeah, but I heard yeah, about yeah. That. I was I was a dummy. Yeah. I was a dummy. Hey, that's good. That's advice, guys. That's the PSA on what not to do. Real yeah. life. Yeah. What's funny is with the new kids, they don't, they don't, they don't that era, that that, that was just that era. That era yeah. of bling and all that. Kids don't wear jewelry like that no more. Mm. They got you know, kids where everything is like more small pieces. Nobody's wearing three hundred thousand dollar bracelets anymore. You know? Kids How much they, is your jewelry? Huh? How much is the jewelry that you got? It was it was probably back then it was probably 150. <laughs> Didn't even wear it. Like I'm too young to go to the club. Yeah. Like, that was the dumb part about like I can think about that now. But back then, it was like we wore the jewelry for our teammates, man. To show you, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember Jason Richardson, he got the S 500 you know, so we were like, Dee. Richard did too, didn't he? Yeah, that was that's five. Richard did too. So I was like, Dee, we did it. You know, me, that's we did it, yeah, because yeah. I'm gonna be in here too. Cause you know, I had to escalate. So once I got drafted, that's all I there's no more cars. So he had to escalate too. <laughs> so yeah. when we when we when we got with Dan, we both bought escalate. Me, him, and Troy bought escalades. So we was like, yeah. So after the draft, Gilbert, there's no more buying nothing from you. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so he bought the S 500 Ooh, you were hot. Right? So, no, nah, I'm happy. Like, yo, yeah. we got it. Yo, hey, when you pick me up, I can ride here. We pulled up to the arena. He see a dude named Vantigo Cummins, right? I remember him, yeah. At 600, right? He was like, yo, how he get to that 600? I'm like, maybe because he's an NBA player. But nah, his contract ain't like mine. So I need the S600. <laughs> So I'm like, so if you get the S600, do I get the S500? He was like, nah, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this to my brother. And I'm sitting here like, man, see, that nigga got way too much money now, bro. Like, what was he getting? <laughs> he was uh was he was the fifth pick, so he oh, was at the two this. point something. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, you know, now what now them picks what, seven, eight million? Like, God dang. Yeah, there gets a lot of money. That's why I was wondering, like another thing I wonder is this. So and you don't have to use your situation because you know all the stories in the league. Because back when you played, guys weren't making as much money. Mm-hmm. Even the guys that got paid weren't making as much money. Yeah, like Kobe's max deal was $79 million, his first max deal. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that deal right now is what, $250 million? Yeah. Yeah, it's $250 million. Yeah, now yeah. it is. Because so, yeah, his first max was two. So by the time I got up, my first deal was $64 million. 
So I'm only 15 million down behind what Kobe Max was at that point. Mm. You know, and then from there it jumped up. Like, were you about to ask, will players go broke now? No, I'm, I, that's, oh. that's absolutely where I'm going. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going where, like, you know, from your just from your knowledge of the NBA guys, how many guys in, in the locker room were broke? It's a sad question, but it's a good question for it's, everybody to hear. You, you, okay, so most first rounders are technically broke. Right. In theory. Um, it's because of this. Let's take um let's let's let's, let's take back when I played. Even even now, you you know, you you're the number one pick, right? You have a fixed income. It's fixed. It's yeah. not, you know, so if you're getting 21 million, it's 21 over four years. You know, so if a player decides he wants to buy his parents a house, and that house is three, four million, after taxes, your first years went to that house. Now you have to furnish that house, right? That money's coming from the second year. Already, you you done already spent your whole first year before you even made it to the NBA. So you bought the house, if you got a loan, whatever, you're spending money, you're doing this. So most time, midway through your first year, you're already on the second year's pay. All because you bought a house that either you're gonna move in a condo or you're gonna buy a house too and put some money down, furnish that. You know, so it's mm -hmm. it's you already on borrowed money going from the beginning, and that's where it is. You're you're just spending your life on borrowed money. You're spending your you're you're living basically check to check. Yep. No matter, you know, no matter how it is, you're living check to check because it already started from back then. You know, so what ends up happening is it's when players go broke when they're done. It's not, it's not because they spent all their money. It's because the bills they accumulated, hard bills, that's your bill, mom's bill, dad's bill, sister's bill, this, you know, cars, whatever, you know, you're spending hundred, dollars $200,000 a month on hard bills. When you're done, money's gone. Money's just flying out, no money's coming in. So by the time you adjust your life, three, it takes a, it takes a pro to realize He's not a pro no more, four years. Normal person too, pro, four years. So he still thinks he's, when he, he still thinks he has a chance two years, then he's realized right. he's not getting, so four years, and that four years, if he had 10 million in the bank, he probably got two now. Mm. You know, just from bills, just bills just coming out, just hard bills before he realized. In your he time, people weren't making that kind of money. That's what I'm saying, like it's hard to save that kind of money back then. Yeah. Even, even now, no matter how much money you make, you're gonna find a way to spend it. You know, if you if you take it like you take, let's take a James Harden's contract, 40 million. I mean, your house, you you ain't gonna buy back in the day a two million dollar house. You are gonna buy a five, ten million dollar house because that's what your bank account says. You ain't gonna buy it at six hundred. Yeah, you you're gonna buy the Bugatti. Yeah, you gonna buy yeah. you gonna buy the top of whatever it is at that point. You, you know, so. As a player, you gotta remember, it's not like we're going to school for money management. Nobody in, you know, our generation knew what money was, you know? So what ends up happening as a kid, your first thing to do is make everybody happy. You know, so it's not the, it's not the, it's not the player, it's the, it's the environment too. Like, you know, you wanna make your mother happy. You're like, what type of son do you look like telling your mom that she has to downgrade when your career's done, even though that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to downgrade, get drop those bills in half to two-thirds to live normal. But how, how do you tell your mom, hey, 
you got to downgrade. We got to sell this house, get you in a, a smaller house. Me too. You don't. So you're sitting there with the pain, letting, letting the money just being ate up before it's too late. You know, so, you know, that's, that's what ends up happening. It's not, you know, it's in the child support, don't, you know, child support gets adjusted to, it's just a, it's just a lifestyle of just watching. You know, I'm, I'm oh, you, you bought, you bought that? So how many guys? Yeah. Out of 10, how many guys? What's the percentage? Out of 10? I know what they say. Six and a half, seven? Exactly what they say. That, that's the exact, that's what they say. Six and a half, seven? Yep, that's tough. The players who are saving is probably the older players who probably got, who's married. <laughs> it ain't gonna be the young, it ain't gonna be, it ain't gonna be the young person with all the money. Nah, he's he's being young with all the money. It's that it's that person who's making two, three, five, seven million dollars, and and he's penny pinching because he has a wife and family, and he's older, so he understands the value of money. You got to remember, by the time a kid, by the time a player realizes what money is, unless if, if, in, unless he has a group around him that understands it, right? You know, twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, 28, 29, when he starts trying to figure like, it out. Yeah, trying to figure it out. Because, you know, you sign a hundred, like, come on. Right now, you you give anyone, let me give you a hundred million dollars. In my mind, I have what? A hundred million dollars. But it's really 50 million. Not, it's really 50. not 60. Right. You know so what I mean? 50. It's not that you know you got 60 million, not a hundred. So you're 35 million dollars. It's gone. Out the window. Out the window, but you don't know that yet. So how you're spending, you're spending it on a hundred. <laughs> you know, your mind is spent on a hundred million dollars. So, like, my advice to, to the young going in, doing your first contract, buy, get a condo, get an apartment. You know what I mean? Spend money that's already in your account. So if the house is $2 million, if you don't have $2 million saved up, don't get it. Let that money, let that money kick in. Let it, let it, let, let it actually build in your account before you start purchasing stuff. You know, don't don't go out because at the end of the day, you want you you don't want to be playing on borrowed money because if you can't see the money, then you're it's borrowed. Um, you know, we had our meetings with with Onyeka this on Sunday with a bunch of financial guys. And um, you know, my goal for him, I just told him basically, I'm like, look, this is what we're gonna do. If we can hopefully get enough endorsement income, we're going to live off that. And you're saving every penny of the paycheck. You ain't touching it. Mm -hmm. We're going to budget you off that, right? So, I mean, that's the goal to start teaching these young guys. Um, budget. Budget, right? Budget. Now, obviously, a lot of these dudes, they lose their mind. It doesn't matter what but, you tell them. They're going to lose their mind when they get there, but and, and, depending and, on who they're around. And that's, the, and that's the problem with financial advisors, too. It's like... Go there. A financial, a financial advisor supposed to give you advice. Got to remember, he is the professional. You're not. You're just a kid with a lot of money that wants to do kid stuff. You know, I want to build a shark tank under, under my bed so when I go there to look for my <laughs> shoes, I can see this. Like, you, yeah. you know, we have the dumbest thought process <laughs> at that age. We think, about, we think about everything. So, you know, it's like, you know, remember Richie Rich, the movie when we were little? Yeah, yeah. We, that's who we think we are. So when we get it, I'm going to buy all the Jordans that I couldn't buy. You know, so you start going online just doing, you know, I'm going to put a TV on a roof. Like, you... That's where your mind, your financial advisor, is supposed to advise you against majority, ninety percent of the shit that comes out of your mouth. Untax. I want this. Well, you know, you know. But what happens is they're scared to be fired. Exactly. 
So they're scared to say, nah, that's not Scared the right to say time. no. Now, me, say now, no. now, let me give you this. So you guys, we're talking about AAU, right? So again, like it's funny because like the way that the, everything's structured with the NCAA, they don't want the kids meeting with agents. They don't want the kids knowing financial guys, right? So basically you're meeting somebody in the pre-draft process that you don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. So they want somebody to control your life on the agent side, control your life on the financial side that you've never met mm -hmm. through a meeting in the pre-draft process. Yeah. You don't know who these people are. So guess what? That person's probably gonna be scared to tell you. He doesn't know you. He doesn't tell. No. He doesn't know you. He so he can't you. tell you. So the, the the whole thing is is like it's like I'm going through the process. Of, oh, so I'm fortunate enough to know him and his mother very well. So I'm guiding the process with the financial guys and the agents and telling them, look, this is kind of what we're gonna do because they can't. They don't know him well enough to do that. Yeah. Like Gilbert, they just want to have you as a client. Yeah. Like they don't want to lose you as a client. <laughs> yeah. So like they're not gonna say, hey Gil. Fuck you. Take that fucking car back. Take those cameras off the fucking bumper. He can't tell you that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Your agent can't tell you that because he just barely fucking met you. He don't know you. Now, once you get later in your career and you're a little older, more mature, they can tell you those things. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you're young, them the, the, that help can't tell you that. Yep, and that, that, that they can't that, tell you that. And your problems start usually That's when you're your young. Problem so maybe Gil, you should have had Tope in your life when you're a rookie. All this would have been, yeah, but it, it turned out all right. That dumbass skill I was looking at, I, <laughs> it was that dumbass skill. I thought I was going to be top ten, and I moved. 20. Didn't work out that way, but it ended up working out. The end. It, it, worked it worked out. out. It it all got, worked I got, out. I got signed faster. Yeah. No, but guess what else though? Too, it worked out because also it lit a fire under your ass. Yeah. There we go. But you already knew already out. It was had already, that. You already but, had, yeah. that made it worse. It made it worse. All right, Gil, we're gonna wrap it up. It's been a hell of an episode. Tope, the linchpin, the founder, the creator, the originator. The Compton Magic. Thank you for coming on. We learned a lot today on the No Chill Show. Yes, yes, yes. This is like a throwback, a throwback to, you know, back when my childhood and updating me now that I'm a coach, trying to The past, get... present, and future. Yes. Baby Arenas will be on the Compton Magic three years from now. Probably. Stay tuned. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's a no chill show on Fubo every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned for more. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.